Well, one of the dreams of my life has been fulfilled. We have a ukulele on stage, so how's that? Isn't that great? So that's good. I know. I was thinking they're they're doing Fleetwood Mac down there at the park, which is which is good. As long as long as they do Holiday Road, we're we're okay with that one. But we got a ukulele. Okay, we we've got that. So. Hey, thanks you guys for coming out uh, this evening. Uh, I'm Paul, one of the pastors here, and it's really, really good to see you. Um, I'm glad that you chose to spend your, uh, your evening, late afternoon evening, here uh, with us at Mariners, and that's a really good thing. We're in a series that we're calling Hiding from Love. Um, we've been looking at what that means and what it looks like, and some people will ask, well, what does it mean, hiding from love? I, I remember um, back in the first grade, at least at Valentine's Day, what we had to do was we had to take decorated brown paper bags and tape them to the side of our desk. Are you old enough to remember that? You know, you had to do that. And, and, and what you had to do then is you had to bring Valentines, and so there was a particular time when you'd, you would drop those Valentines in every, in, every, in every day. And so you'd go home with your bag, and it's all there. And, and you kind of go through these Valentines, you, you know, see what you got, you know, and, and there's all those little heart-shaped candies. Remember those little ones, those little tiny heart-shaped candies that have little words on them? Remember those, 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 those kinds of things? And you, you, have to, you, you have to actually edit those as you go through it to uh, make sure you don't give the wrong ones. And I remember, <clears throat> I remember first grade, I got one that said, I love you on it. And so for the next four months, I hid from love, okay? I hid from this girl for the next four months till school was out and hoped because uh, I just wasn't ready for that kind of commitment at all of, at all of uh, six, at six years old. When we're talking about hiding from love, it's a whole lot more complicated than that. Hiding from love is when I cut myself off from the emotional attachments that are part of the life that God wants me to have. Okay, you, you hear that? It's a lot different than just simply a candy at Valentine's Day. It's when I cut myself off from the emotional, relational attachments that God would want me to have, which are critical and necessary for a healthy life. Um, it's like we play these hide games, and we keep people, and we keep emotions at a, at a distance. Our emotions get all locked up, and we're able to block people from them getting to know us or figure out who we're all about. And it shields us. And it protects us, but it also damages us. The problem is, 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 is when we hide the pieces and parts of ourselves from others, we're just simply cutting ourselves off. We just cut ourselves off from people. And, and today I want to spend a few minutes talking about what it means and what it looks like to start to come out of hiding. Because all of us have hiding patterns. And what does it mean and what does it look like? And how to begin the process of coming out of hiding. Um, I know we've prayed a couple times, and, and that's good. And we're just going to ask God to lead us in these moments now. Could, could you pray with me for a second? Holy Spirit, guide us and guide our thoughts and our minds to make us people you would want. I, I just ask that in the name of Jesus and give me the right words to share. We ask that also in the name of Christ. Help us to know you better. Please, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Now, the stuff we're talking about is not just, just stuff you'd get from a counseling session. It's actually rooted in pretty deep theology, and it's rooted in, in Scripture. Um, we were created, the Bible would say, we were created to connect. I mean, we were, all of us. You were created, you were made, you were made to connect. So God said, let's make man in our image, in our image. God said, let's make man in our image. And one of the images of God is found in John chapter 1 when it says this, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And it's talking about the connection that God the Son has with God the Father. 
God is in continual and perpetual relationship. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They are there. And so when it says, let's make man in our image, it's saying one of the images that we have of God is the relational component. We were created in the image of God to have relationship. And there's community right there. And God, who is perfect in wisdom and knew man would be alone, made him alone anyway. And that's somewhat astounding to me. God, who knew that we would be alone, made us alone anyway. Why? So he could simply say these words, it's not good for the man to be alone. God said that. And we just want to say, well, t- time out. Wait a second. You know, time out. Time out on all this. You know, Adam, Adam, Adam had everything. He had a dog. I mean, Adam had a dog. And it was, I'm sure, a great dog. And also, Adam had God. God close by in close fellowship with him. But that was not good enough. And you'd think, well, isn't closeness with God, doesn't that just meet every single need I have? Apparently not, because God said, even when he was close to Adam, it's not good for him to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. And then God said, it is what? It's good. Now it's, now it's good. And sin comes in, and it all falls apart. Everything begins to collapse. And and we blame and we cover and we get insecure and we get wounded and we get petty and we can't trust. And all of a sudden now all those components and all those dynamics in a relationship just begin to eat away. And they just, just destroy it. And so sin obliterates the openness and closeness. And so Adam and Eve did what we would do. They cover and they hid. They covered and they hid. We cover. We cover from each other. And we hide from God. And we hide from each other. And we cover from God. And all of a sudden, now we who were created to connect are now hiding and covering. See, see how it goes and see why we're in the mess we're in. And that's why the relationships are so bad. And they can be so good, but just ugh, so, so, so terrible. And today we do the same thing. Um, only our fig leaves are much more sophisticated, aren't they? You know, our fig leaves are no longer just plants. We withhold trust. We don't open up. We play games, we get scared of closeness, we sabotage relationships, we fear commitment, we play pretend, we have to become the life of the party, you know, because if I can become the life of the party, then everyone will think I'm this when I'm really something else. Comedian Rodney Dangerfield is a case in point. Everyone loves Rodney Dangerfield, he is so funny. Read his story sometime. His whole life's been hiding. And we spend an enormous amount of energy on keeping people out. I mean, I mean, you just think about that. The enormous amount of energy that you and I spend in trying to keep people out or keep them at a distance, and that's actually energy that's now being sapped. Instead of us working on building relationship, we spend all that energy trying to keep pe- people, people out. And, and, and we say this a lot of times here, you know, hurt people, what? Hurt people. You know, hurt people will hurt people. And we get injured, and, and then we injure others because we're hurt people. And so we will then begin to hurt others as, as well. And so we close off ourselves, and we close the gate on our emotions. And, and, and we talked about this last week. The only problem with closing the gate on our emotions is we've closed the gate on the injured self. We've closed the gate on the injured me. I've closed that gate on the injured me. And, and the only the only memories I have of relationships are bad relationships. 
And Lovell said, now I'm kind of stuck in this thing. I've told you this one um, um, before, but it's really pertinent. It's a, a guy in seminary um, that, that when I was in grad school in seminary, um, you know, we got to know some of the guys in our, in our class, and his name was David, and he was just annoying. You know, just one of those annoying people. You know, you, 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 know, you, know, you probably don't have him close in your life because who likes to be around annoying people, you know? Who, who, who likes that? Uh, you know, every family has an annoying person, okay? Every family. And if you can't think of the annoying person in your family, guess what? <laughs> this, guy, this, guy, this guy was really annoying, okay? Really annoying. And, and arrogant and loud and rude and critical and a know-it-all, you know, if you... If you messed up on one of your Greek vocab words, he'd think it was funny, you know. It's just like, good night. Well, 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 we had some classes together, and we ended up in a counseling class together, okay? And, and, and we had to do, in, in counseling, what's called practice listening. Have you ever heard that? Ever taken a class on practice listening? Practice listening um, um, is basically, or active listening, you know. And, and some of you know it, it's, it's when you don't, when you're actually listening to the person instead of trying to make up something else to respond back, you're actually listening to them and you're firmer, you repeat back to them what they're doing. And it's really critical, it's important in, in, in counseling. In fact, if you come in for that, sometimes you'll hear me say, what I hear you saying is, or, or help me understand, is this what you're saying? Because hopefully I've practiced active listening. If it's completely off the of left field, you know I'm thinking about the giants or something like that, okay? But anyway, we, we, we had to do that. And 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 um and the way that they wanted to do it is 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 we were assigned groups of three and and one person would talk and one person would be the active listener and the other person would observe and take notes on 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 how it went all down and so um um teachers signed the the groups and of course we ended up in the same group this guy and I and I'm thinking oh no and we had set up a time outside of class to meet and so um he was living in the dorm, so we met in the lobby of his dorm. And I was the listener, and he was the talker, and the other guy was going to be the observer. And it, and it was, it was um, um, basically, so tell me about your life, you know. And, 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 and in order to not, you know, we, we, it, was, it was about a 15-minute time limit. 15 minutes you had to listen. And, man, for some of us, you know, talking about yourself for 15 minutes is hard, you know. What am I going to say for 15 minutes, you know, about me? It's like my life is actually pretty boring. And, and so we had to listen. And, 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 and so I sat down. He sat down across from me. The other guy's kind of off to the back, and he's, he's taking notes. He began to talk. Oh, my goodness. 15 minutes, 30 minutes, 45 minutes about his life. Now, now um, as he began to talk, he began to share and open up about how he had been rejected his whole life. Ever since he was a little boy, he had no friends. And how he calculated his personality to keep people at a distance. His persona was a calculated effort and very successful of keeping people buffered away from him. And he talked about how his weight gain was to keep people away. So he could say that what's keeping people away is my weight, not me. Do you hear the hiding that's going on in, in that kind of stuff? If they don't like me, well, they don't like my weight. They just don't like big, big people like that. Um, and that maybe somehow 
he was in seminary, that if he were a pastor, maybe then people would like him. Now, hiding patterns, again, exist, and they are set in position by our souls long ago, okay? Your hiding patterns are pretty much already set, all right? Some of you kids, you know, guess what? You're starting to create your hiding patterns. You're learning them, and they are there for a reason. The reason we have hiding patterns is because there's an injury to protect. An injury happens, so we, we create a hiding pattern for it. And, 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 and really, these hiding patterns are doing the very best they can to protect us. They're doing the very best they can. We're not doing it because we're devious, crafty people. We're doing it because we are hurting people. After an hour, you know, he finished. You know, and, and I looked over at the other guy, and I thought, holy cow, you know. What do we do with this? I mean, he just basically, it all, it all came out. He opened up and um, just like that, closed up again, by the way. Opened up, closed up again. We could never get close to him. But my perspective of him changed. Um, we tried to get close, both he and the other guy. He wouldn't let us. I sometimes look for him on the Internet um, to see whatever happened to him. you know. And it's been a long time now. I can't find him. Um, I don't know. And I pray for him when I remember to. Y- you see the mess we're in? I mean, y- y- you see it? And you wonder, well, why can't I get along with other people? That's why. You know, that, that, that's why. And so there's this Bible verse in Psalm 139, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And I sometimes wonder if the fearful part are all the tricks we use to hide. You know? It's like, like that's, that's almost fearful to hear about all, all the the things that we've developed in order to hide away. And some ideas take up residence in our heads. I mean, have you ever said these to yourself? I'm bad, or I'm unlovable, or something about me scares people, or no one is really trustworthy, or people fake their care for me, or I don't deserve love. And and the whole rest of Scripture is really, and this is the great news, is, God is fixing that, you know? I mean, all this stuff is jammed into Genesis 1, 2, and 3, you know? Made in the image of God, created to connect. You know, we fell, we broke, we hide, we cover, you know? And then from Genesis chapter 3 and a half, you know, bar way through to the rest of the book of Revelation is God's solution to this problem that was made in three and a half chapters, you know? It all, it's all comes out again. And God is fixing that. And and so the question is, how do I begin to come out of hiding? How do we begin to come out of hiding? And and that's what I want to spend the next couple moments talking about. And the first is is this, and I think this is important, is establish a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. To me, it's got got to start here. Because obviously the whole solution, because the whole Bible is about who? moving towards Jesus Christ, okay? And so Jesus has to be the critical component in all of this. Great verse. 1 John 4 says, perfect love drives out all fear. I mean, hear that? Perfect love drives out all fear. I hide because I'm afraid. Perfect love drives that away. It drives, it drives that away. If we're afraid, it's for fear of punishment. And this shows that we've not fully experienced his perfect love. If I'm still afraid of God, or I'm still afraid of others, it means I've not yet fully experienced his perfect love. 
It says this, we know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. Finally, finally, I can put my trust in someone's love. Because when you hide, you can't put your trust in anybody's love. The only person you can trust is who? Yourself. Yourself. And you know how fragile that is. And that's why I want to tell everybody, come out, you know, come out, come out wherever you are, you know, all the, all the oxen free, come on out. It's time to come out. Now, you don't have to hide anymore. Because it says here, we know how much God loves, loves us. How much does he love us? Jesus died on the cross. That's how much he loves us. And it goes on, it says this, God is love and all who live in love live in God. And God lives in them. And as we live in God, our what? Our love grows more Perfect. See, hear that? It's, it's got solutions. It's just like, wow, it fits hand in glove with the problem. Now, I'm going to talk to you. You're not born into this, you know, um, relationship with God. The brokenness already happened, you know. And you can say, it wasn't my fault Adam sinned. Well, it's your fault that you sinned, okay? I mean, I have to say that to myself. You have to choose it, and you have to say, Jesus Christ, forgive me. Forgive me for what I've done. Forgive me from hiding from you or thinking I can do this all on my own or that I'm good enough. And he loves you and, and you might think, well, I'm just a stupid person. And you have to eventually come to the realization that, yeah, you probably are a stupid person, you know. But God must need a stupid person like you in this world because he certainly made one, okay? He certainly made one. And see, all of a sudden now, you can begin to start coming out of hiding because you realize I've got faults and flaws, but someone who knows me with all my faults and flaws, loves me enough. And if God needed a stupid person like me in the world, well, that's up to him on this one, and therefore I can live in light of that love. And all of a sudden, healing begins to happen. This is what helped me come out of hiding, you know? Finding my identity as one loved by Christ. Now, after John says all this, all this stuff, about love, he says, we love because he first loved us. Hear that? We can now love. I can now love others because he first loved us. The healing's taking place. I can now love. And all the buffers are beginning to go, go away. Second thing is, I have to look at my hiding patterns as a clue to my needs. Okay? Look at your hiding patterns as a clue to your needs. You're already understanding what, what all this means. Um, those of you that had kids, you, you remember when your babies just kind of laid there, you know, just kind of laid there, and it's like, oh, this is great. You know, my baby's just laying there. And, on the floor. and all of a sudden, they, they turned over, and it's like, well, great, they, t- they turned over. This is a wonderful thing. And then they sat up, and they began to crawl. And when they began to crawl, you had to go into action. You had to go to the store, to Toys R Us or Babies R Us, and buy things to what? Child-proof your house. Remember doing that kind of stuff, those of you that have kids? You're child-proofing your house, and you buy those plastic things that were child-proof, and also they were probably adult-proof, you know, to your husband. He was pretty clumsy, you know. I still can't do that doorknob thing. That still one drives, drives, drives me crazy. But, but what it's saying here is, and eventually kids figure that one out, if this thing is going to be child-proof, there's something in there that I would probably want to get to, you, you know? But parents are saying, it's child-proofed. I'm going to hide it away from you because I don't want you to get to it. I don't want you to get into it. And in the same way, these hiding patterns that we have, they should be like clues to my needs. The hiding patterns that you and I have should be very clues to the very dysfunction that's in us. Because that's where you've been hurt. And that's why you put a lock on it. 
I'm going to put a lock on those areas that I've been hurt. And so what you can do is you can say, okay, what parts of my life have locks on them? Because every place that has a lock on it is a place I've been what? Damaged or injured or hurt. Doesn't that, does that make sense? So for instance, <clears throat> there's a hiding pattern of, I don't want anybody to know me. I'm never going to reveal myself. I don't want anybody to know me. That's a clue that you have an inability to bond with people. Okay, that's, that's, that's it. Or the hiding pattern of I've always has to show I'm in a good mood. You know, I'm always showing that I'm in a good mood. I always have to be the life of the party, always happy. That tells me if I have that, that I have split off the good and the bad parts of my life, and I'm afraid that you will not love me if I show you my bad parts. You, you see how, how complicated we are as people? So if people are always up, always up, always up, always up, because I can never show you my bad parts, I'm scared to death that if I show you that I'm a real person, that I'm a human being and actually get in bad moods and depressed or don't do things right, I'm scared to death that you will stop your loving me. And therefore, if you always have to be seen as perfect, that's, that's, that's a lock right there. Or commitment problems, painful past, broken, broken trust. They are there. And, and these hiding patterns are there for a reason. They're doing the best job they can, okay? They're doing the best job they can. And that's why sometimes you'll go and, and meet with a therapist and just have you talk. A lot of you talk about your past, and talk about the good things in life and the hard things in life. Because what they're trying to do is they're trying to figure out what's in that cabinet, what's in that cabinet, what's in that cabinet. And it does take time. It really does. The third thing is, is, um, is growing your relationship with safe people. Safe people. Now, there's a risk here, and here's where the risk comes in. You're hiding because people hurt you. And actually, part of the solution that God has given is not just simply himself, but also others. And here's where you have to now take risk. Um, people hurt you, and that's why we would say you have to find safe people. Because not everybody's safe. Okay, There are a lot of people that are unsafe out there but there are a lot of people that are safe and you'll know they're safe is when they can give a balance in your life of grace and truth okay grace and truth both of those are critical if somebody's only going to give you truth all they're going to do is say you know you gotta get out there and just simply be more assertive you know well that's true that doesn't help me at all you know i can't do that you know Great people are saying, oh, don't worry, everything's going to be okay. They're not helping you at all. See, there needs to be a balance. I love, what, I, love, I love what Jesus, Jesus' words are perfect. And this is the woman who's caught in adultery. It says, Jesus said to the woman, were your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? I mean, she's just shattered. No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. You hear that? It's beautiful. There's grace. There's truth there. Grace and truth balanced. I need someone to tell me the truth in the context of grace. Grace and truth. And, and next week we're going to talk more and more about finding safe people and how to be that kind of a safe person as well. And, the, and then the next one is become part of a relationship-based group of people committed to Jesus and to each other. Okay. Now here we go. Big, bold statement. Now you're the body of Christ and each one of you has a part in it. That means you're part of the body of Christ and each of you has a part in it. Each one of you. Every single one here. 
Because when we hide, we say, oh, no, you know, I've got no place in this. I've got no, no part in this. That's not what the Bible says. That's not what it says. You have a place and you have a part. And, and if you, I want to say refuse, yeah, if you refuse to be yourself in this and be fully all that you can be, then you are not being part of that body and building up the very thing that Jesus is going to use to help other people. And you have to understand that. It's like, oh, how could, how could God use me? He can, and, and, and he will. And God wants us to do more than simply cope or survive. But he's providing us with a way to have safe and loving relationships where we can learn to trust. And that's why you say your family's all screwed up, you know, and it probably was. A lot of people come out damaged with past and all this kind of stuff. This is why God gives secondary families, okay? A secondary family is a place like this, okay? Or secondary family is a relationship-based group. It might be your life group or a group of people that gather together and grow in faith and grow in Christ. Um, brace yourselves. This is what's expected of us. Go ahead and hit this next one if you could. Um, see all those kinds of things, all the things around on the one another's? Love one another. No, no, go back, go back, go back, 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 go back. The one another is be devoted to one another, be interested in one another, be accountable to one another, confess to one another, be compassionate. I mean, they're all, they're all there. These are not just, whoa, that would be cool. I think a church should do that. These are the expectations for what we're supposed to be involved in all the time with each other. Encourage, care for, commit, build trust. And these are part of, of, these are normal, and it's taking my place and realizing you have something to give. And without giving, this thing that Jesus is doing is one less, or one more down. And this one's important, and this is the next slide. The goal is not to tear away my defenses, to make my defenses unnecessary. That are make your defenses unnecessary. So when you come in, you don't, you don't need to put up your defense anymore. It's not to rip them away, because that's, that's just truth. Oh, get out there and be yourself. That doesn't help. It's to have the loving, accepting relationships where your defenses are no longer necessary. T- did you ever see the... This is a terrible, and I probably won't share this on, on next tomorrow. <laughs> did you ever see the film, What About Bob? Yeah, yeah it's, it's really funny. And, 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 and as you see it, it's Bill Murray, and he's whacked out. And he's got all kinds of phobias and all kinds of barriers and boundaries he's put up. As he begins to now feel safe, and you'll see it, all of a sudden, because he, he'll touch everything with a handkerchief or a Kleenex, all of a sudden he begins to, he looks at the Kleenex and he just he puts it away. The defense is no longer necessary. And that's what begins to happen in safe, loving, Christ-filled relationships. The defense is no longer necessary. Now, 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 these phrases I used before that we sometimes repeat to ourselves, I'm bad, I'm unlovable, something about me scares people, no one's trustworthy, people fake their love and care for me, I don't deserve love. These things take residence up in our heads, okay? They take residence up in our heads. And they're like a playlist, you know? Their playlist gets playing again and again and again and again. Do you understand how they can cause us to hide from love? They just hide us from love? And we become broken and fearful and we hide. And life goes on as we stay hidden. And here's where the healing power of Jesus does come in on this one. I mean, I mean, First John 3, this is this. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us 
that we should be called children of God. I mean, how great is that? You know? In fact, the verse would continue on. We don't show it. But, but it's like John, who's an old guy. He's like in his 90s now, you know. And he's walked with Christ for a long, long time, you know. And he would, his statement is, and that's what we are. It's like he still can't get over that he's a child of God, 90-year-old guy. I, I still can't believe it. I still get all goosebumpy to realize he loved me that much. And God's heart is on fixing the hidden and broken parts of our souls. He wants you to do more than cope or survive. Okay? Um, and if the hiding and covering comes from sin, then openness comes from forgiveness and love. Okay? The hiding came from sin. And the only solution to sin is forgiveness and love. And that's it. And that starts from the very root from God himself. And what he's saying is, take the step. Take the step in that. I'm going to ask the, the, the music team to, to come on up. And, and um, hey, I'd just like to, we're going to close this time and then do a final song in just a second. But I'm going to invite you to pray with me or just bow your head or just connect with God right now. We, we do this just so you can say, okay, I'm going to do something with this in my, in my head, my heart. And so, um, and, and for those of you that are here, maybe this relationship with God thing finally makes sense or for the first time makes sense or maybe you're feeling something in you saying it's not working my way you should try Jesus and, and that would be God himself saying that to you believe it or not his spirit works within a place like this and God might be prompting you it was brokenness and sin that got us into this mess the only thing that can help is forgiveness and love, and he offers both. Behold, what kind of love the Father's given us that he, we would be called children of God. Maybe you're saying, Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me for the, maybe the hatred I've had towards those that have damaged me and hurt me. Forgive me for the selfishness I've ex- not just experienced, but given to others. Forgive me. Forgive me for everything because I need you. Maybe some of you, um, and I'm going to pray for you. Father, there are people here who need safe people around them in their lives. They've been hiding. They've been fearful. and Just the whole idea that there could be hope in this is breath of clean, fresh air to them. So provide safe people in their lives. Father, give them the strength to take that step of faith in you to that person maybe that has been reaching to them or that they know that they might say, can we just talk? And Lord, thank you that you don't leave us just all screwed up and messed up, but you help us and we thank you love you for it. Bless these people, Father. Bless us. Help us to be people with grace and truth to help others around us too. May we be different because of what you're doing in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks you guys for being part of tonight. We'll finish with a final song. 
in just a moment. We are going to be collecting um, the giving, and it's kind of the best way we can to collect. Um, buckets are going to come by. It goes to make ministry happen here. All the stuff that goes on is because we're a body, and we say, and we're a family, and we say we as a family, we give. And so that's what it comes from. And so if you give, great. Thank you. God bless you for that. If you don't give, great. God bless you. That's fine, too. It's, it's, it's between you and God on this one. But let's stand. Let's finish with a final song. Love you guys, and we will see you. Oh, by the way, if, if this helps you and you know somebody can help, it's okay to come back tomorrow. Okay, the ukulele will still be here. I promise you on that one. So, anyway, let's make some noise now. Okay, thanks, you guys. <laughs>